Thanks to all of our readers, short and tall. Thanks to our storytellers and all those that touched the scroll today. Hope that word goes deep in your hearts. Um, we've had a wonderful um, parade of visitors who have given us our words for the sermon time. We have another in that long line today with Jason Harsh, who is a hospital chaplain at St. Elizabeth's Mercy Health Boardman Hospital. He's been there in some capacity for about five years. Earlier, he spent 11 years in pastoral ministry, most recently at Zion Hill Church of Brethren, just down the street here toward Columbiana, and four years as a missionary in Ukraine, India, and Nepal. He's originally from Michigan, but he's been in Ohio since his days at Malone. He's still kind of adjusting to that state change. He's married and has two adult daughters. Jason, God's blessing as you speak to us today. Give me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? today is some of my own story, um, and we're going to look a little more kind of in how that plays in with Matthew 25, and uh, I, I think a lot of times we have a tendency, we, we like structure, we like definitive things, well at least some of us do, some people do not like that, I understand we're all types of people, but in general when things are a little more predictable and uh, you can understand and predict, it makes us feel a little more at ease, and uh, some of our personalities are just more inclined to be that way, um, but uh, I think as we all learn in life, not everything is black and white, not everything is always predictable, and what I mean by that, our lives and our, our, our journeys, where we go, it, it's not just, you know, I'm going to graduate, then you're going to be here, then you're going to do this, and then it's, you know, you'll retire at a certain age, and then you'll be here for so long. Life has all kinds of things that happen. And uh, in my experience, I, I want to give you sort of a backdrop of my experience and then incorporate this into Matthew 25 and also 
what hospital chaplaincy kind of looks like because you probably have a lot of people here. Uh, we have vis different visiting ministers. I have been a minister. Uh, you, you, you see these things, but sometimes it's good to hear about other things. Sometimes it's good to know what else is happening. And uh, when I was around 16, I felt drawn towards starting to become a, a youth pastor. Now, what I thought was I was going to go to college and become a youth pastor, and I was just going to be a youth pastor. And as I found over the last 20 years or so, things didn't quite happen that way. Now, the funny thing, my roommate, who I went to Malone University with in Canton, he was also preparing for youth ministry, and he's still doing youth ministry after over 20 years. That is not really common to stay a youth ministry for your career, but uh, he's managed to do that. But for me, I, I, I went to Malone, and I intended to do youth ministry, and I honestly, in high school, I was not a very good student. I uh, didn't have any intent to go to college. And uh, I just figured, as many people in Michigan do, we work in auto factories. My dad had done that for almost 40 years. My brother was doing that, and I just assumed I'd do the same thing, and that's fine. Um, but here, I was 16. I went on a college visit to Malone with no intention to go to Malone. I just had an excuse to get a free pass out of school for a day, go with friends to Malone, and have a fun weekend. That was my plan. And uh, when I came back, as we know how the Lord can lead us, I, I all of a sudden had a complete 180 of what I understood I'd be doing. I, I felt this burden or this strong, you know, just a strong compelling feeling that I was supposed to go to Malone and that I was going to need to change my academics to do that. And so I, uh, I had to change some of my scheduling at, at high school. I had to apply myself more, because before I didn't really feel like I needed to pass, but I didn't really care if I had an A or a C, it really didn't matter to me. But my motivations changed. And so I actually managed to get into college, but I, it doesn't matter at this point. I, I got into college under academic probation, because they were like, you're kind of right at the edge here, but we'll let you in, but we're watching you. And if you don't kind of do all right, we're going to have to, you know, talk about that. So, uh, but I, I managed to get in, and about two years in, I realized, I guess youth ministry is, it's a pretty restricted field, and I changed my major to Bible and theology, more of a general preparation for ministry, but I still believe I'm going to be a, a minister, whether that's youth ministry or other forms of ministry in the context of a church, that's what I'm doing. And uh, I graduated, and I started as an associate pastor. I was actually at a church in Lisbon. Um, it was called Trinity Friends Church. And uh, I was there about two years, and the church began to have some struggles with funds. And uh, that meant that I really was not going to be hanging around anymore. So that led very quickly from this you know, call to youth ministry to me taking on a church of my own, uh, out actually in the Boyd area. I've been around this area quite a bit, actually, whether it's Columbia and Mahoning County. But I, I spent some years there, and it's in all this time, even though I'm doing this pastoral ministry, I, 
I had this leading or draw towards cross-cultural work. And part of that's because my aunt and uncle are missionaries in the Czech Republic. They've been there over 30 years. Um, and during my college time, I was able to go there for about two weeks, and we spent that time in Czech Republic and Ukraine. And um, that trip left me kind of unsettled. Even though I was stateside and I was pastoring and I was doing all these things, I kept feeling this urge to want to go and do ministry overseas. Um, with that, um, while I was in Beloit pastoring, I, I was there about four years, I had the opportunity to spend a month in India. And uh, after I came back from India, I was like, I, I need to go. I, I felt very compelled that while I was, everything was all well and good at the church, things were going great. They liked having me there. In general, I liked being there. I felt like I had to leave. And so not too long after that, I ended up deciding to commit a year to India and Nepal. During this process, I also managed to um, get engaged, which isn't really the greatest idea, because we got engaged and I went to India, and she had actually been working as a missionary in Ukraine, and... Uh, Turns out, getting engaged and moving to different countries is not the best thing to do. But that's exactly what we did. Uh, and we spent the better part of a year apart um, and uh, serving in different ways. I came back. We both came back to the States, got married, and went to Ukraine together uh, for about another three years. I'm just giving you a backdrop because I, I, I always had this rigid idea of ministry. I thought, okay, I... I use the term called because it's a familiar Christian word. It's in our Christianese book. Um, but I, I've come to realize that though I thought I was called to pastoral ministry, um, ministry is a broad term. And ministry has very many different sides. And ministry, frankly, doesn't even have to have anything to do with being a pastor, a missionary, a chaplain, a religious occupation. We, we have oftentimes narrowed it down to these certain specific, like, super-Christian jobs. And even though I've done a lot of those jobs, uh, and the Lord has led me into those places, the Lord will take you all kinds of places. I never in a million years would have guessed that I would live in India, or Ukraine, or work in a hospital. I remember when St. Elizabeth Boardman, uh, the hospital was just that little... Uh, emergency room and it was being built and then I sometimes would do pastoral visits to the hospital because I had members of my congregation there. Um, never in a million years did I think that's actually where I would be working. Um, but God has a way of taking us in all types of directions. And, you know, at times we look at Matthew 25 and, you know, all these people are set before the Lord, and the Lord tells them how they, they saw him, and, and they fed him, they clothed him, they visited when he was sick, when he was in prison, and, um, and all these people are like, what are you talking about? They're probably even thinking, Lord, when did we see you in prison? You know, we, we obviously don't associate Jesus being in prison. Um, we don't associate uh, Jesus, Jesus is the one who heals the sick, he's not the sick person. Um, Jesus made all these loaves and fishes, why would he be the one who's hungry? Uh, we, we have this tendency to not 
realize that sometimes we're actually doing the very things God leads us to when we don't even realize that we're doing it. And that's the beauty. If, we're, if we follow God and we, we try to honor God, we're actually able to serve Him in ways that we didn't realize we were doing so. Because I think in, in Christian culture we get so fixated on there's this one thing we have to do and you know God's you know preordained almost that I have to be a minister for 50 years and retire or I have to do you know whatever occupation it is for this whole time. The, the truth is God's going to take us all kinds of places and oftentimes even in places we may not have expected. And whether that means you actually go clear across the world or you go down the road, that's not really what's important. It's more important that we go in the places that God leads us. And in those opportunities, we'll be able to serve and do things that maybe we never thought we would. And, you know, while I, I was pastoring there at Zion Hill Church of the Brethren, and I really appreciate being here because we have Anabaptist roots that we share, and there's things that Church of the Brethren and uh, the Mennonites uh, have a lot of co commonalities. And, uh, and I very much appreciate those traditions and what they represent. But while I was there, um, I just kind of felt like I needed to do something to challenge myself, to try something new, to, um, I guess that you want to say, I kind of felt in a stagnant place. And so I found out about this program at the hospital where I could be an intern and do hospital chaplain work for free for them, granted. But uh, I could go there and support the sick and help people out. And I thought maybe this will challenge me and help me expand my own, you know, be more well-rounded as a minister. And so I just went and gave it a try. And after two sessions of, of being there, about eight, ten months, I had no thought of this, but apparently I felt very strongly compelled to transition to chaplaincy over pastoral ministry. You know, I've been a pastor for over a decade, and I had always been well-received as a pastor. Um, I, I think it is something I've done fairly well, but it wasn't a matter of can I be a pastor or not, or am I effective as a pastor or not. It was more, this just seems right. And sometimes you just know. And I think there's that time where the Holy Spirit can confirm things with you. And, and there was just a day when I was at the hospital, and I, I had just finished up spending some time with a family that was going through some very difficult times, and trying just to help them navigate through that. And as I left there, I just knew this is what I should be doing. And, you know, I honestly, I thought I was going to become a missionary. I thought I was going to be overseas for uh, probably decades, honestly. And I, that, that was four years and I'm done. That doesn't mean it couldn't happen again or that it wasn't meant to be. It, it's just where things go. And so I've been able to be this, do this hospital chaplaincy. And I went from, you know, today, honestly, this is the first time I've been in front of a congregation speaking in about two years. Not because, hopefully not because everyone runs away when I speak, but, but honestly, just because... Uh, there's been a transition in my life. And that's not where God, behind a pulpit is not where I'm supposed to be right now. Today maybe that's different, but in general, I, I meant to be in the hospital with, with the sick and the dying and with the staff who take care of them. And I, I haven't felt this any more than during 
this, we've all been through like this kind of weird limbo, unexplaining type of life these last year and a half or whatever it's been, and there's some sense of normalcy returning, and that's great, but you know, this last year or so, there have been times where you're at the hospital and no one can see the patients. Family can't come in, clergy can't come in, um, and people are alone. And a lot of times the chaplains have been the people that get to be present with those people, with the sick and the dying, and with the, the grieving family that can just look through a window, or with, with these types of things. And, and with uh, hospital chaplaincy, there's something called clinical pastoral education. So it's kind of a specialized school. That's what I was doing when I was an intern. And it's specialized for people going into chaplaincy. And uh, one of the readings I had, there's a, a guy that called chaplains the intimate stranger. And what that meant was you're, you're completely strangers when you come in contact with these people, but you are in these intimate circumstances. Circumstances you never really want to be in, but at the same time, you get to be there. And, and I found that to be a privilege that I can try to be present with people in the midst of their tragedies. Not because I want them to face tragedy, but because we all need someone. And we get to be that person. And, you know, like I said, I, I didn't really think about, as we look at Matthew 25, and we're, we try to serve people in these different capacities, whether it's speaking from a pulpit, or serving in a food kitchen, or, you know, bringing your neighbor uh, something that they're in need of. During the pandemic, there's been countless ways to support people and countless needs that have been present and we can all find ways to rise up and it was pretty interesting to see all the, the compassion and kindness and ways people were helping each other and uh, sometimes those small things are just as important as the big things. We get fixated on, you know, I, I think I used to think about the will of God being that God has a specific thing for your life and you got to do this and you got to follow that and if God leads you to do something, obviously do it. But I've found that actually the will of God is more, it comes back to that love God and love your neighbor. You know, that if you're doing that, you're doing the will of God. If you actually show compassion and care for individuals, whether they're just like you or nothing like you, it's where it, when it comes down to. And that's with hospital chaplaincy. I, I went from being a minister where honestly I see the same people week after week after week after week to now everyone comes into the hospital. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're Christian or Muslim or uh, atheist. Um, it doesn't matter your ethnicity or your cultural background, whatever it may be. Everybody comes to the hospital. And at that point, everybody's in the same, same boat, if you want to say. Because you're sick, you're experiencing something, and you know, no amount of Money's going to change it. It doesn't matter what your faith background is, whatever, whatever you want to say. It all, we're all in the same boat because we're all human. We have health, and we can have good health. We can have bad health. We can have a variety of things happen to us. And in that moment, I have a chance to go and see these people and try to do what we just looked at here in the Scripture with Matthew 25, to be present with them. And It's not about me and what I can get up, but I, I can be that presence. And I can realize that no matter who the person is, I can see Christ in that person. I can see God, the, the image of God in that person, and show them love and compassion and support, whatever that may be. 
And I think in that we get to be salt and light, whatever your you know, circumstance of life, or we can be the light and salt of the earth as, as we've been instructed in the Sermon on the Mount. But these are opportunities we get to be. So I, I want you to realize that just because you have a certain way of thinking about what you're supposed to do, or, or you may think even what I'm doing doesn't matter, it, it's interesting that these, are, these people who the Lord is commending for what they've done, they didn't even know they were doing it. The others are using that as an excuse, but I'm not here to talk about who's going to be the sheep or the goat. I'm trying to let us realize that you know, God is active in moving in our lives and using us, even when we're not even aware of it. And your life can take all kinds of directions. You know, it's been interesting. Just this past year, uh, my mother-in-law had surgery, and she ended up having to stay with my wife and I for two months. And my wife was treating her wounds, surgical wounds and things for a time. And it was very weird. Because, I mean, she's not, I mean, she's maybe in her mid-60s. She's pretty able in general as a person. But all of a sudden, my wife's taking care of her mom. And uh, she's doing better now, thank God. But, you know, life certainly, the, a month before that, we never in a million years would have thought, okay, we're going to be caretakers for my wife's mom. But things can change in a heartbeat. And you can do things you never thought you'd be doing. But the, the difference is, do we be faithful to God in whatever those things are? They're not always pleasant. They're not always comfortable. But one, don't hesitate to understand that God can use you, whoever you may be. And second of all, don't question whether or not it's good enough. None of us are technically good. We're, we're all limited people. We can't do everything. But God can certainly take us and use us wherever we may be. And it's not, don't definitely treat, treat Matthew and his family very well. And he is a wonderful person. His family, they're wonderful people. But his value and worth to God, we're all, as human beings, valuable and worth to God. And God will use you in ways Matthew couldn't be effective. You know, you'll use you in ways I can't be effective. There's people that just because you've done certain things doesn't mean, you know, we can't reach others. And so I just want to encourage you today that one, life can take its journey all over the place, whether it's like I said, down the street or around the world. And secondly, you may not even realize how God's using you at the moment. But I'm confident that he does. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you are present in our lives. You are at work. Sometimes we're not even aware of it. But I pray that you'd help us to bring the cup of cold water to the person in need, to show compassion, to sometimes just be present. And otherwise, other times, speak the words that need to be said. But wherever we may be, whatever situation in life we may be today, I pray that you use us to effectively continue your kingdom, to spread your word, to spread your life, and be the salt and light of the world. May your kingdom continue to come, and may your will be done. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.